would like to welcome you to Industrial Marketing Live. I'm Peyton Warren, a strategist here at the Industrial Marketing Agency, Gorilla76, and one of your IML hosts. So thank you to the group that is joining us live today. We are going to talk about our favorite tech, tech stack tools that enable effective collection of data and monitoring for our campaigns. The best part about this conversation today and the tools we're going to talk about, um, you can implement most, if not all, of these tools without a developer. And I know that um, our teams, marketing teams being small ones, uh, sometimes we don't even have a developer that works at our company. So you might outsource that or you work with IT. Um, so today I've got uh, a few gorillas joining me with commentary, uh, including our performance marketing team, Kevin McClary and Patrick Cronin. And uh, of course, the one and only senior strategist, Brendan Forrest. So y'all ready to jump in? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So let's start first with a, really a list of tools that we would consider foundational. Um, you know, I, I guess like maybe the first thing to say is, you know, why do we even need a tech stack in the first place? And I've, I've kind of previewed this, but I'll, I'll pose that question to the group. Like, why is this important to you and your role when it comes to um, tracking your effectiveness? Brendan, Kevin, anyone? Sorry, I got lost in the chat. Repeat the question, please. <laughs> <laughs> why do you want a tech stack? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you're a digital marketer, right? We use digital tools and these help you do that. Um, honestly, like you can't do your job without without these tools that we're going to talk about. Uh, you, you, maybe not these exact tools, but a type of tool that lets you um, track data, implement campaigns, run your website, all extremely important things when you're doing digital demand generation. So um, yeah, this is like table stakes for digital demand. Like you, like this is the first thing we do with a client. Uh, and I think it's the first thing that you should be working on, you know, while you're also trying to get interviews for customers, but like, let's have a good tech stack in place so that once we're ready to launch campaigns, we can track everything, we can run things smoothly, and then we can see performance. So I don't, Kevin, Patrick, give you anything else to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really, we talk a lot about strategy here on IML, um, which is fantastic, but these are the tools that get you to the place you need to go, right? Like these are the things that make things actually happen. Um, and yeah, I, it's really cool that we we work in digital spaces now and we have so much that we can track that was not trackable before. Um, and that there are so many integrations that make it way, way easier to do it now than it was even like 10, 15 years ago. So I'll start by just listing what we like to use at Gorilla. Um, so first and foremost, uh, you need a website. And if you're going to have a website, you've got a CMS, so a content management system. Our favorite and the one we recommend for our clients anytime we're doing web work or we're maybe moving them around is WordPress. Um, I think about 50% of all websites in the world are on WordPress. So chances are you're probably already there. We also love um, some plugins um, that you use within WordPress. And one of those is Google Site Kit. On the Google train, we love Google Tag Manager, but you can really use any tag manager here um, that you prefer if you don't want to use a Google tool. 
Uh, I've already seen in the chat folks uh, chanting um, and, and singing the praises of CRMs. Uh, a CRM or a marketing automation platform like HubSpot, uh, others that I have uh, seen uh, and like Pipeliner. Uh, we've also have clients on uh, Pipedrive and then of course, Salesforce. Um, and uh, why are we tracking all this data in the first place? Well, probably because you're running a demand generation campaign. Uh, and so you've got to connect your ad platforms looking at Facebook and LinkedIn, Instagram, any places that you would be running your ad content, Google ads too. Uh, we also like to use a heat map or a, a screen recorder of some kind. We're having internal discussions actually like this morning about which ones we really like. Uh, we have been using Lucky Orange, but hey, we're up for, uh, we're, we're, we're reconsidering that right now. Um, so if there's a, a heat map software that you like, I'd love to see you post it in the chat because we're doing our own little um, audit right now. The and then are Lucky Orange and Hotjar. And then I think, what, what is this one? Clarity.microsoft.com is the one that we are also looking at. So there's a, there's a few of them out there for you to just, yeah, see how people are interacting with your, with your website. Yeah, watch what they're doing. Um, you know, all that creepy marketing stuff that we love. Um, and then uh, the last thing that we would um, advise is consider using a landing page builder um, like HubSpot or Unbounce um, are, are the ones that we have used um, here. Any other tools uh, besides that are specific um, versions of those tools uh, that y'all like? I think the one note here is at least half of those things are free. Right? Like we don't have to spend a lot of money to have a nice tech stack that's going to help us do digital demand generation. So don't feel like you need to go out and buy the most expensive thing out there because you think it's the best. Um, a lot of times what we've seen for industrials, you don't need to do that. Um, you know, you can get onto HubSpot's starter for like $8 a month. Uh, analytics is free. All the ad platforms are free, you know, until you start paying them the media budget. But like to implement a lot of that is free. You know, I think WordPress is free. Uh, it's probably not free to develop the website, but to at least have WordPress, it's, it doesn't cost money. So um, like a lot of the stuff you can get into for free. And then, you know, the level that you bring someone on to help you implement, that's when it starts costing money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, we're open to hearing your ideas or tools that you really like. So please do put those in the chat. Um, I see some other folks, Rachel, you're also considering a, a switching away from Lucky Orange. So, ooh, Lucky Orange, if you're listening to this, folks are not happy right now. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the other thing is that, you know, if you don't have all of these tools, there are ways you can navigate the complexities. So, um, you know, something that we've also used to help work with some of our clients that might use non-traditional CRMs or um, different softwares would be like a Zapier. Uh, I'd be curious to get Patrick's take on, on Zapier too. Like Patrick, you've, you've helped me set up some integrations with Zapier and like my own Zoom account to support IML. Uh, you know, what are your, what's your take on Zapier? Um, especially if it's like a lot of people on here are in-house. So it's just your company building integrations. Zapier, I believe, is either extremely, extremely, extremely cheap or free up to a certain amount of integrations. And if you're just working with one company and a few platforms that should be able to cover it, you also don't need to be like a data scientist to do it. Like it uses layman's terms, like human terms, basically, instead of coding to set up the integration. Like it literally asks you like, okay, you want to use 
LinkedIn ads leads and then send them to this email. It does, and then it just does the rest for you on the back end, which is really nice. So I've never had any issues with it. So for automation and easy to set up integrations, I would say Zapier's best over any other option out there. All right. I'm getting corrections in the chat about how I'm pronouncing Zapier. Is it Zapier? It's That's actually the- it's a Zapier. Zapier. <laughs> Just like we work with sauce instead of SaaS companies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we make our own way here at IML. Zapier. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so I, I think a part of this that goes without saying, um, but we will say it, is that if you do not have at least the foundational list that we've got there, um, that we just went through, you need to create these tools for yourself in order to effectively track your campaigns. Um, So like we said, most of these are free. Uh, If they're not free, you can get them for, uh, depending on how much traffic you're getting or how many zaps you need to send with the Zapier. Zapier. Zapes. (laughs) Um, You need to send, uh, you, you know, it's, a minimum minimal fee, um, but you do need to create these tools because you want to get your data talking, uh, and that's where you're going to get the insights from. So, um, a few things that we wanted to show you today, um, and you know, I mentioned that we like to use plugins, um, and that you can use plugins really easily with WordPress. So we're actually in a pretty good position right now because Gorilla just launched a website that we can show you. And uh, we're recently setting this up. Uh, so I'm going to share my screen really quickly and uh, we'll show you this website here. Okay, so if you haven't heard, shameless plug, uh, we've got Industrial Marketing Summit coming up in Austin, Texas. We're partnering with a couple agencies to make this happen. Uh, Kadena's Part Solutions, uh, Adam Beck, I saw you on the call, and then uh, the True Marketing uh, Agency is based down in Austin. But we built this really simple website to talk about our um, conference that's coming up. And you know, it's just one page really, uh, but we want to run demand generation campaigns because our goal with this site is to, um, you know, sell out this conference. We want to make sure that folks know about it. And so we are going to do some paid social promotion for it. So because of that, we wanted to make sure that we are getting everything set up as far as the tech stack goes on this new site to monitor the effectiveness of our campaigns and ultimately um, figure out what's working and what's not. Um, so it's a WordPress site. So if you log into WordPress and you just uh, go to your dashboard, uh, you can see I've already got Google Site Kit installed here. But if you don't, uh, you can come in here to plugins and it's really easy to uh, search for a new plugin. And you can just type it in there and pull it up. Uh, it has an entire like installation uh, process with it. So the nice thing about Google Site Kit and what it does is it will go ahead and connect all of your different um, Google tools. So it'll help. It'll even create a Search Console account for you. This is something I didn't list in our foundational tech stack, but 
I would add to that list, um, Google Search Console. Analytics, it gets that connected for you, um, your page speed insights, and your tag manager. So all of these things can be connected automatically within like the um, this interface here inside of WordPress without using a developer. Um, there are other ways to, to you know, pull in your tag manager that we can talk about, but that's uh, that's a really handy uh, way to do it. The other thing um, about this, let's see, other plugins. Are there other other other, other plugins that y'all like to use, uh, Brendan or Patrick, Kevin? I would say the other option, if you don't want to use SiteKit, you can just put the Google Tag Manager code onto the website, I think like in the header area, and then you can put Search Console and Analytics inside of Tag Manager um, if you would prefer that way. So either way works, just whichever one you prefer. I like doing it, you know, Tag Manager in the code on WordPress uh, instead of SiteKit, but it's just, yeah, it's what what we said in the chat, like how, how, what we vibe with, right? So um, yeah. I actually don't have a ton of experience with WordPress, so I don't know anything about the plugins in here. <laughs> well, that's okay because uh, we got a, a a team to help out. But yeah, um, Patrick, do you mind walking us through how you would add something to the header of your code? Sure, without breaking the site. Um, yeah, so without, it's kind of it's, it's kind of misleading because we're talking about coding, but it's in the appearance section, and then you do theme file editor. Theme file editor. And then on the right hand toolbar, you would scroll down until you see like the header or something. Yes, a theme header. And then all the codes like Facebook Pixel, Analytics, Tag Manager, etc. They ask you to just to put it in the head. So just put it between those two head schemas and then boom, there's our Google Tag Manager. So you just paste it in there, save, and you should be good to go. One thing we did run into, I don't know, I you might have been leading right into this, but the tag assistant didn't recognize Google Tag Manager after we installed it, um, but it is clearly in there, as you can see, and all like the events are fired. We actually looked into it, and there's like an ongoing glitch with Tag Assistant and Tag Manager right now. So um, sometimes those pixel tracking codes aren't 100% accurate, just due to maybe some browser settings you have set up. So as long as the events are firing, though, that's all that really matters. So. Not a plugin, but um, what are these called? What are these called? I just forgot. Uh, extensions. Extensions. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, an extension, that, that's what um, Patrick was just mentioning here. So if you check the extension, it appears that Google Tag Manager is not working. Um, so this is something that we had to troubleshoot because I installed it without a developer. And I said... I thought I installed Tag Manager and it's not, doesn't appear to be working. So what did we do to troubleshoot this situation? Let's walk through it. Um, so first things first, right? We came in and we were like, let's go to the source. Let's go to Tag Manager and figure this out. Um, so we'll walk through that here. I think I've got it linked in my little document. All right, so uh, we came into Tag Manager, and then, as you were saying, Patrick, we previewed the tags, correct? Connect, put your URL here if it's not already there. Hit connect. And you can see this tab here is flashing. It says it's connected. Continue. 
And you can see tags fired, GA4 fired, the insight tag fired, pixel fired. So everything is firing the way that we wanted. So we know that even though this plugin or this extension is telling us there's an issue, the tags are still firing. Um, so we just wanted to call out that you can't always trust these third-party extensions. They're really nice tools to just see like, is a, is a tag even installed? Is um, a pixel even installed? You know, you can do your LinkedIn uh, checker and you can see here, it's telling me that LinkedIn's not installed, but I can see in Tag Manager that that Insight tag is firing. So there's something going on here um, with the way that these plugin or these extensions are playing with this website that is preventing it from giving us accurate information. But we just want to caution you from like fully relying on these extensions to know that your information is firing. I think that's a good point, Peyton. Like all of these um, plugins and extensions and, and things like that can be really helpful. Um, I know like hard coding, using putting code on your site, um, or even like manually installing a Facebook pixel, things like that can seem really overwhelming if you've never dealt with code. I totally understand that. And that is where like um, plugins and extensions come into play. Like if you feel like you're completely incapable of using code yourself, then maybe you should go to these plugins and extensions. But to have full control and be able to go back and troubleshoot like we just did, it's so much easier to just use the hard code itself. If you can get to a level where you feel comfortable just like copying and pasting uh, a piece of JavaScript code or HTML, it'll make things so much easier. I, I think like just owning every step of the process is gonna get you the cleanest result, um, but Clearly, these plugins and, and extensions are helpful if you can't quite get there. So don't be afraid to go either way. It's not, it's not this one or this one. Sometimes it's both. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And depending on what you are trying to uh track, uh, you know, the thing with this specific website is we're we're in a situation like maybe you have e-commerce. Uh, you have an e-commerce side of your business. So you want to track conversions like add to cart. Um, I saw somebody in the in the chat was talking about um, using Shopify. Um, we could definitely uh, pull you on to talk a little bit more about that too and your experience. Um, but uh, the for for industrial marketing summit, you know, we're using a registration software called Eventbrite. And so we're trying to make sure that the insight tag for LinkedIn is connecting back to the action. Like what would a conversion be? It would be somebody's actually registering for the event. Um, so we want to make sure that LinkedIn is talking all the way to Eventbrite. So we are currently troubleshooting how to do that because Eventbrite does not, um, play well with the LinkedIn insight tag. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Patrick, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit more about, because I think a huge part of this tech stack implementation and like installing your foundational um, pieces of your foundational tools 
is figuring out how to make them talk to each other because they can talk to each other. You might just have to deal with some complexities like using Zapier, Zapier, um, or um, finding just a workaround that works best based on the tech stack you've got. So yeah, Patrick, do you want to talk a little bit about how we've been considering moving forward with that? Yeah, so for those of you that haven't used Eventbrite before, whether you're doing an event, they're essentially, if you set up a button on your website, like order tickets now, it takes you off the site to essentially like a secondary website on Eventbrite. And it, for some reason, somehow does not accept the LinkedIn insight tag, even by hard coding. So they have an option where you do embedded checkout, which essentially takes that secondary sub website and you can put it on like, if we want to do a buy tickets now page on the website. So while they're doing the checkout, the tag will fire directly then, but the entire time they're on the site, they will be. And then whenever someone checks out and then a thank you page fires, then the LinkedIn insight tag will fire. So Luckily, the support rep kind of walked me through like that's an option to do embedded checkout. So some integrations don't have direct plugins. Like so many website platforms, WordPress, Wix, Square, Squarepace, they all have direct spaces designated for GA4, Facebook Pixel, LinkedIn Pixel. Some of them don't though. And you just have to kind of watch some YouTube videos, do some research and find a workaround. Like it's coding. Every website that exists is going to be able to get coded some way, somehow. Some are just more difficult than others, unfortunately. Yeah. And in that situation, um, I guess we're, we are going to have to escalate pieces of it to a developer um, to help us make sure that everything fires the way that we want. So like I said, in an ideal situation, all of these tools would work and talk to each other very well. But you might find yourself in a situation um, like that instance where we do have a developer on our team and we're able to um, pull his expertise in and his comfort level so we don't completely crash the, the site. But that's that's one, I guess, like pro tip I would say is if you are getting into a situation where you start to feel uncomfortable or unsure, um, just don't delete things from your website. Uh, you know, your website is the... I would say most important digital tool that your company has. It is basically your HQ on the internet. And before you make global changes, so anything to that theme, if you're not incredibly confident, ask somebody. Uh, if you don't have somebody on your team, uh, feel free to join uh, the Industrial Marketing Slack channel. Uh, there's been lots of conversations happening there uh, lately. Uh, about you know who do you guys use? Uh, we we need a third. We need a, a an external developer to work with or to do some updates to plugins and different things like that. Um, that's really common. Uh, it's something that we see very often uh, across our client portfolios. And folks had some recommendations in there too. So if you want to join us in Slack, feel free to uh, drop a note in the chat and we'll get you added. Cool. Let's see. I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, you guys have questions or, or specific tools that you'd like to talk about um, that you've used in the past that you think would be good to just add to this conversation today for anyone that's listening after the fact? CRM, Mary Keo. Yeah, you need it. You need a CRM if you're going to do good digital marketing. You have to have it. I don't care what you use. As long as you use it right, 
And as long as it's tracking everything that you're doing within your marketing campaigns and then tracking from leads to opportunity to revenue or quotes, you know, whatever your endpoint measurement is. But CRM is a must have. You have to have a CRM. Yeah. And there's tons of CRMs out there. Um, Obviously, we're fans of HubSpot. I think a lot of people on this call are using HubSpot. But um, Aaron Bresh just mentioned Odoo, another software name that I'm not sure I'm pronouncing correctly. <laughs> Luke, you've got a, a question to ask? Yes, I do. You're being very uh, mysterious about it. I have no idea. I'm well, asking you, like, and I have no idea what you're going to ask about. Like when you order a stack of pancakes at breakfast and you get six of them and it's just way too much. Is there, I have a question for the group. Is there such a thing as just too much tech stack? You have, I've seen Peyton's uh, tabs on her Google Chrome when I meet with her occasionally. And is there such a thing as just having too much tech, too big of a tech stack? Opinions. I'm going to say yes. You know, I, I think a lot of us are working at, you know, companies where it's like you are the marketer, you have a small team and all of those take some sort of expertise and knowledge on how to use and like how to set up properly. And a lot of them have like way too many features. It's, I, I think it's just a, it's a bridge too far for our small marketing teams. You know, I, I think like if you're like in a huge company, then sure, maybe it might make sense uh, because you have a person that can maybe specialize in just a couple tools. But if you're like trying to like do positioning, do customer research, write ads, you know, write articles, interview subject matter experts, and then also like run the CRM and, you know, run the website, like throwing more tools in there that aren't going to give you that much more extra data. I don't think it's that useful. I'd say also trying to keep it under as little amount of different roofs as possible is key. Like I've worked with so many clients that they're like, this part of our business is this software. This part of our business is this software. We use this tracking software for this platform and this for this platform. That makes it so much more difficult to like know where stuff is, set up the integrations. It's much easier to like connect your business if it's all in one software. Like for example, we set up mostly all of our conversions in Google Tag Manager. That makes it super easy to find stuff, troubleshoot all that stuff. So if you think there's like some stuff that could be condensed under one roof, probably is going to give you some extra hours of sleep and more hairs on your head if you do that. And as much of it that you can own on your own domain, right? There have been questions about like getting things to link with Shopify and, and this and that. Like that, if you have to use Shopify or like a third party um, like service to connect something, sometimes that's unavoidable. But if you can just like own the conversion on your website or own the 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 event, whatever you're tracking is just happening on your website. Oh my gosh, it makes things so much easier, right? Because then you start adding in integrations, you start having to buy software, it gets expensive, it slows down your website. Like how basic can you get? Yeah. Yeah. It would be lean that. and mean, right? Like you can't lean do that you're with tech. I would say the same thing as far as like simplicity, which is kind of why we really like the the Google suite of tools. They all are working together in a very nice way. It's it's, it's kind of a, you know, I guess like there's a tipping and point. they're all like, free. And they're all free. But it's like when you have an iPhone and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I would really like if my 
watch could talk to my phone or, or like my computer. And like, I could text from like any of these devices and all before you know it, you've got like the entire, uh, get up of Apple AirPods and, um, the MacBook and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think just like simplicity is, is really key here. Um, we've had some conversations going in the chats, uh, about different, uh, about the difference between um, CRMs and marketing automation platforms. Uh, is that something that, uh, I mean, I have I have thoughts on that, um, but I wanna pose the question to the team first. Uh, how would you define the difference between a MAP, marketing automation platform, and a CRM? Well, yeah, a CRM helps you track sales, right? Like, so it's your customer relationship manager, right? So like it tracks your contacts and the people that are moving through your pipeline. Uh, I think that is the first, that's like the foundational piece of your tech stack. I think the map is like what it feeds into the CRM, right? And I think there's issues when you start looking at, like, I want the CRM and then I want to go and use this map over here and they're not the same company. You know, like HubSpot's nice because you can get like Sales Pro and then Marketing Pro, like they work really well together. Like we, and there's some integration, like, you know, Salesforce as a CRM going back into the HubSpot marketing hub, like that works pretty good. Like some of those integrations are, are there. Um, I'd probably do that over like Salesforce to Pardot. Um, but yeah, so th the marketing automation platform is your contact house. And then like you can run campaign, like email campaigns and all that stuff out of there and, you know, tr tracking leads into there. Um, but then that should be like feeding into your CRM to track those new contacts that are leads into opportunity and revenue. You need and both. Think, and you need both. And I think if you can integrate them, that is probably better to save your some, some hairs. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the less you have to like integrate the better, uh, if it's already all on the same platform, that's nice. But I do know that Salesforce and HubSpot do play together really well. Um, and there's a lot of folks here that enjoy Salesforce, um, as the CRM and for their sales motion. So the, the really nice thing when you do have separate platforms for sales and marketing is, um, specifically with that integration between HubSpot and Salesforce is what you do is you'll create uh, an inclusion list inside of your HubSpot to say, if a contact makes it onto this list, then they can go to Salesforce or our, our CRM. And uh, so it kind of like will remove all of the noise um, for your sales team before you're sending leads over. Uh, which is a really nice feature. Um, and you can determine what makes it onto that list. So is it the fact that they're marked as a sales qualified lead? If so, great. Then they get sent over to Salesforce. If they're not marked as SQL, then they stay inside of HubSpot and you continue to nurture them and learn more about how they're engaging with your site until the marketing team says, no, they're ready. They're ready to be talked to. Um, let's send them to sales. I would say if I was like an internal marketer and I was either switching or being tasked with finding a new CRM that like assuming you're working with a sales rep, I would drill them on how it integrates with marketing software. For example, HubSpot is much easier. Like Salesforce is great for big sales enterprise teams, but from my knowledge using both, HubSpot is much better integrating with Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, et cetera, and having reports just like Shopify, for example, like I mentioned in the chat earlier sets up a lot of the coding for you. So if you just don't want to get 
into into the weeds for like coding and stuff. And they're like, yeah, it directly integrates with Facebook ads, Google ads, and sets this up for you and has these reports that saves you so much time. So I would be asking those questions right from the get go. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I'd be down to hear some folks, folks experience about different integrations that have worked well for them. Aya mentioned that she's had a little bit of, uh, difficulty with the Salesforce HubSpot integration because they've got multiple Salesforce ins- instances. So um, that's that's really interesting to me. I- I'd love to hear more about that um, too, Aya, if you're willing to come on and, and unmute and tell us more, put you on the spot. I'm happy to talk a bit more about it. <laughs> How are you um, doing? I feel like it's been a minute since we've seen you. I, I, I know. I've been busy. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, so we have multiple Salesforce instances, and that's a result of acquiring multiple companies over the years. And the full integration between the two, we learned, uh, can be expensive. If you were to do it yourself, it can be pretty tricky. Um, what we settled with on um, is to use Webhook just to send the lease from um, HubSpot towards Salesforce and just use Salesforce as master CRM. We don't take anything backwards from Salesforce to HubSpot because we use the website as a lead generation engine. It doesn't necessarily manage day-to-day customer relationship. That just goes to Salesforce. It's a one direction uh, integration, but it, it's working well for us mm. and it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this goes back to what we said earlier. It's like, you know, ideally uh, you'd want all the systems to have all the information, but there's something to be said about simplicity. Right. And, um, (laughs) and then also, uh, you know, there's baby steps. You might not be able to report in HubSpot off of your revenue right now because that information is not coming back but the data is still there because you're pushing things to HubSpot. And if you wanted to do manual reporting um, or upload a bulk data set into HubSpot for those reports, you, you could still do that. Um, on like a- And if, for the revenues and the return on the investment, all those things, and if you keep track of the attribution you know, as well as you can, you can do all that on the Salesforce side anyway. And uh, Noel, uh, I know I heard that uh, I saw in the chat that you're a super fan of, of Salesforce. So I'd love to hear more about your experience uh, using that as your CRM and kind of getting the the data from that platform and, and using it uh, in ways for your marketing. Yeah. So, hey, everyone. Um, it's actually pronounced Noel. Uh, oh. but I get Noel all the time. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Noel. About no, I'm... I'm used to it at this point for what 29 years. Zapier, Zapier, what the heck? Nah, it's it's just it's been constant. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, one of one of the easy one of the things that I've actually just done recently on our website, as far as just using it with Salesforce and integrating it, was their web to lead uh, forms that we kind of so we put it on our contact us forms uh, contact us page. Sorry, I'm getting notifications elsewhere. Got distracted, but anyway. Um, and so, as far as just being able to implement some HTML onto that and directly, whenever they submit it to 
via via our contact form page easily travels to our Salesforce page. We get an email notification saying, "Hey, this person just submitted some information. You want to check them out." So we're it's just it, it just works a lot easier for us. Uh, uh, and like I said, um, or actually, um, I'm a Salesforce guy, but also I haven't really looked at HubSpot just because when I came into this company uh, two years ago, Salesforce was just fresh, just new. So we were able to kind of work around it and learn some things about the uh, the program itself. So yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. I think one, biggest- um, one piece of advice I would give is like before, like if you're new to a company, um, I would do what Noel did and like jump in there and say, okay, they're using Salesforce. Um, we're here. How can I learn more about how this tool is being used and um, build yes. on before you start just saying, hey, um, let's use a different platform altogether because CRM implementations are huge projects um, and you're needing, you're going to need to pull in leadership. You're going to need to pull in um sales leadership, all the sales reps, there's lots of training that needs to happen there to make sure that they are um, doing things uh, the way that need to be done to track the data. So if there's already a, a tool in place, I would start by trying to like audit how you can get more things connected to that existing tool before switching. And then if you start to feel like it's prohibitive or it's like preventing you from collecting data, maybe that's when you introduce something like a mar- marketing automation platform um, bef- even before changing the whole CRM, uh, that's at least how I would attack it. It sounds like I'm seeing some heads nod too. <laughs> Folks are like, I don't want to do a CRM implementation. I don't blame you. All right. I'm just looking at the chat here. Cool. This has been a really great conversation. Um, and, uh, I, I know some folks are still sharing, tools uh, in in the chat. So that's really great. Uh, We can definitely keep this conversation going uh, in Slack. And uh, if you guys have any other questions or things that come to mind, feel free to reach out to us on on LinkedIn. To kind of wrap us up today, uh, any final thoughts? I'd love to circle back to our IML panel of hosts today and just kind of get your your big takeaways. Um, When it comes to tech stack, what is one thing that you'd want folks to carry away from this conversation? We'll uh, we'll start with Brendan. Yeah, I think the CRM and the website is the most important thing. So invest in those two and then keep everything else simple and and free. And you can always scale up, right? So I think that's the, that's what I'll say there. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, ba- like, just think about the basic things that you want to do. Like, uh, are you, you want to know, are you reaching... Um, the people that you want to reach, um, are they like responding to that? Are they um, ready to speak to sales? Like, are they qualified leads? Um, just think of the basic things you want to do with marketing and then work backwards from there from what your tech stack needs to do. Keep it basic, own every piece of it that that you can um, and don't get distracted by like the shiny new app or object um, because most of the basic things that we talk about here are going to get you way farther <laughs> than um, some new cool app that you see advertised on LinkedIn. Patrick? 
I would say going more in depth, like Brennan said, getting like the ad accounts, the CRM and stuff like that set up, going more in depth from like for a performance marketing standpoint, get like we don't went over this in GA4 too, like connect your console and everything to GA4, set up your conversion tracking, set up your pixel codes. Even if you're not running LinkedIn ads today, just install the LinkedIn inside tag because it's better to have that data and potentially not need it than like running like, oh, this is a big problem. It would have been nice if I set that up six months ago. So if you have the time, I would just knock it out. Yeah. Collect that data that you can, but try and avoid noise. Um, one thing that I want to call out, I, I had uh, something to say, but then I saw what Jeff Graham, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing your name correctly <laughs> or, um, today, but Jeff uh, posted in the chat and I want to pull this out because this is uh, incredibly great advice. Um, Jeff says, uh, learn all you can about whatever product you land on. Like they all have learning centers, knowledge bases, uh, dive into those help articles and figure out how it works and the functionality that's available because oftentimes uh, it might not be completely obvious. And um, I know that a lot of us here at Gorilla are, are, are fans of watching, you know, YouTube channels to learn more about different um, things too. And, and that's something that Jeff also mentioned. So um, I'll steal yours, Jeff, um, for, for, for today. Okay. Well, um, thank you everyone to, uh, for coming. Uh, and we really appreciate um, the participation in the conversation today. And I just want to say a quick thank you to Kevin and Patrick for joining Brendan and I um, to help with uh, our conversation about tech stack. On um, our next IML, uh, it's going to be September. I can't believe it. We're going to be talking about, um, speaking of knowledge bases, we're talking about the knowledge base or, or the knowledge center that you have on your own website. This was a request that came in from uh, an IMLer, and we want to tell you about the ways that we have set up uh, learning centers, um, you know, blogs on our clients' websites and the way that we do it for ourselves and uh, figure out how you can implement that for yourself. So uh, thank you again to everyone for joining. Uh, anything else I'm missing, Brendan, that we need to... Yeah, I'll just say uh, this week, me and Patrick have a conversation coming out on the Manufacturing Marketer podcast talking about how to diagnose your campaigns uh, with zooming in and zooming out. That was a good conversation. So look for that uh, probably tomorrow. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody. Really appreciate seeing you all and uh, hope you have a great end to your week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.